Hey everyone, and welcome to Already Cancelled. I'm Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Star Trek, the original series, season 3, episode 5. It is called Is There in Truth No Beauty? So, full spoilers for the episode, uh, as always. Uh, first things first, they were, they were being tricky in this episode because they were using a guest star who they've used before for a different character. And I immediately got distracted by it and went, wait, is that maybe the same person we had last season? And it wasn't. No, no, it's not. But uh, yeah, Dr. Miranda Jones, they kept calling her Dr. Jones, by the way, which kept making me think of Indiana Jones. It was it was weird. Uh, but obviously that didn't exist yet, so they had no reason to... Yeah. Oh, no, no reason to shy away from it. Yeah, but uh, she, she's played uh, by Diana Muldaur, who... Was in season two. She was in. She was. If you remember the episode where the three alien entities wanted to take over uh, Kirk, Spock, and then yeah. the female crew member. The female crew member was also her. Yeah. Uh, that that was that episode. So and she's instantly recognisable as well. It wasn't even like it's. Not, it's not even been that long since that episode, really. I feel like they should have addressed it. Been like, hey, you look similar to to you know crew member. Nah, too many TV shows did this back in the day. That's just true. We don't accept it now, but there was a time when they would pull this shit all the time. They, they would, they would. So, you know, uh, it's not a big deal, but it's just, it's, it's immediately stuck out to me. But anyway, the premise, is, just for the record, she also ends up in Next Generation as a different character as well. Uh, oh, really? When she's older. Yeah, she, she's the she's the replacement doctor for season two, and then they realised that no one liked her character, and they, they brought back the original doctor for season three. Oh, I look forward to that. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, look forward. Yeah, look forward to that. But anyway, so the premise of this episode is that we have this species, which for the first time in a while, maybe ever, we have an alien species that is not humanoid in some way. Definitely not ever. We've had we've had a bunch. Well, it's been a while. It's been a while, definitely. It's usually humanoid. Not. It's usually humanoid aliens. It, it usually is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what well, depends? I mean, are you counting like the the. Uh, like the gaseous thing that we had, you know, on, that was keeping the the other guy alive. Oh, sure, oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Like, I can like that. That's the first one. That okay, there's a mind, few. But... There's a few, but I mean, it's usually humanoid because we always joke about it. Oh yeah, yeah, far more often than not. Yeah, but hey, so that's that's was generally an interesting idea in terms of what what this this species was. Uh, so it basically is a species, that, and obviously the the, the name comes from kind of like what it's you know medusa right so you, you got medusa and this race is called the medicians which are basically this species that are very intellectual like they, they, they're off the charts they're, 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 they're I, I, arguably like the more intelligent race in the galaxy but uh human beings if they look at them will go insane yeah so hence medusa Hence Medusa. Very simple idea. Uh, and they're transporting this ambassador who's going uh, elsewhere with this Dr. Miranda Jones. Uh, she is going to attempt to mind meld. More on that later. She's going to link her mind with, with him. Uh, that takes a little bit of explanation because she's not Vulcan. That's, that's something we should make clear right, right away. She is a human being. Uh, Vulcans cannot stand looking at them either, but they can at least use a visor to kind of shield themselves and they can withstand it with that. Uh, humans can't withstand it even with a visor. The human human being looks at it, doesn't matter what they're wearing in their eyes. Yeah, they're, no. they're gone. They're gone. Uh, so, yeah, it's funny actually because the, the premise kind of evolves so much throughout the episode that I feel like, I mean, that's, that's where it starts, is okay, there's a tra- transport in that. Uh, I, I guess you, you, you'd say... So she has telepathic abilities, and she overhears telepathically that someone is planning on committing a murder. 
which is actually very similar to a very good episode of the hit television show Buffy the Vampire Slayer called Earshot. Yes, yes, very good. Uh, but yeah, so she 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 overhears someone's going to commit a murder. Uh, it turns out to be her sort of like scientist helper dude Larry, who, who's come with them, who's in love who, with who's them. An, who's an engineer for the one of the original you know, designers of the the engine. Oh yeah, because Scott, Scott he's all starstruck. He's like, oh, it's a, it's a rare pleasure to meet someone who designed the Enterprise. Like he's all, yeah. he's all excited. Uh, but he he reveals he's in love with her. He's madly in love with her, and he's jealous that she's going to go off and just be with the uh, you know with, with Kolos. His name is. Uh, and he wants to try and kill Kolos, and then he sees him, goes insane, gets crazy, tries to like you know mess up the ship, which does he actually drives the ship so fast in just a direction that they end up completely on uncharted space with no idea which direction leads back the way. Yeah, and, they're they're literally outside their own galaxy. Yeah, they're they're, they're, they're like there's there's no point of reference. They don't know how to get back. That's that's where they end up. And then it becomes about Spock mind-melding and linking with Kolos so that he can share his knowledge because they've got better navigational skills so that they can fix the problem. And then it becomes a, oh, can we save Spock's life because Spock ends up seeing the, the Kolos when he goes back. So the, the plot kind of evolves through a, a bunch of stages throughout the yes. episode. Uh, so did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy uh, Is In Truth, No Beauty? This one's not bad. Yeah, there's, I, I, there's things I dislike, but yeah. it's, it's overall pretty good. I, I think it's pretty good as well. I do think I have some criticisms. Um, I think there's a couple of really cringeworthy scenes when it comes to the dialogue. Uh, after they first come on the ship, uh, Kolos is just in you know he's in, he's in a box, protective box, in quarters, so he's not there. But there's like a dinner scene where yeah. the, the, they've got Miranda, and I don't know why, but for some reason, this is like probably the most sexist scene that Star Trek's ever had. It's 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 not good, is it? And it's not the only time in this episode either that it's like this. It's not. It's weird. It, like, and it's funny because it was making me think as I was watching. You know, given all the message in a Star Trek, it's it's a, it's a bit of a sausage fest. Now I get that. You know, it's just when it was made, that was basically probably all the world. You know, that was the, it. Yeah, they were answering to a network. There, there was. I don't. I don't want to quite say there was rules. There was unspoken rules of what you were supposed to be allowed to do and not. And but. Like, but it was making me think of, you know, it's a real bit of a sausage fest. It's not really, you know, you've got Ahura, but she's, like, not necessarily one of the main characters. Obviously, this is something that, I mean, say what you want about Discovery, nice diverse cast of all, oh, absolutely. all types. It's, it's undeniable. Right. But, so, but during this scene, at one point, Kirk's making a toast, and he actually says out loud to the most beautiful woman who's ever stepped onto the Enterprise, and I'm like, what? When did we get to that? Like, what, why are you saying that to her? Yeah. Yeah, and and there's later on where, like, the messaging is kind of all over the place. He's saying to us like, "But look, I know I know you like talking to this this Carlos dude, but you know, someday you're gonna want someone who looks like you." Yeah, you want someone like, attractive because he even admits in that dinner scene. Oh yeah, maybe one of our last prejudices is is that we we are attracted to beauty and we are repelled by ugliness. And it, like, okay, that's an interesting well, idea to play with. Me, though, you know, when he's saying, oh, you want to want someone who looks just like you, like, it almost felt a bit racist. I don't know, I don't know if I'm reading into it, but just the way he's I, saying it, I'm like, like, I can see where you're coming from. I, I never, that never jumped to my mind, because I just, I, just, I just thought he meant human, but... No, no, but that's the thing, I'm yeah. so used to other species filling in for other races as, you know, as the analogy. That's in, true, in, yeah, in, no, in that's absolutely show, true. You know, sci-fi as a whole, that... It's always on my mind when something like that's said. I don't think that was the intent. Certainly, I don't think it was, but it kind of came off like that to me. Uh, yeah, 
the messaging's all over the place, and so much of it is like, oh, why are you going to do this thing and spend your time with all these aliens? You're, you're an attractive young woman. You, you, won't you want love soon? You know, that's something Kirk says as well in that scene in the, in the botany part of the ship. Yeah. He's like, yeah, but you're young and beautiful. Will love not be on the table soon? And like, and I know he's always kind of flirty and he's, it's always this thing where he's trying to seduce people. And I, I did like this kind of twist here that he's trying to seduce her and she doesn't give a shit because she's blind. That's like a twist later on in the episode. Is it partly why she's suitable for... Apart from the fact that she's telepathic, which was just a natural ability. She's a human being who's got tele... Because that's the thing. She comes in at the start and she's not wearing a visor like Spock. And I'm like, why is she not wearing a visor? Like, what, 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 hell, even... We, we just get told that humans can't withstand this at all. Spock's yeah, wearing a visor. But It felt like a weird plot hole at first, didn't it? It, it did, but obviously as the episode went on, it explained it. It was like, oh no, no, she, she's telepathic, so she's she's trained on Vulcan to like hone her abilities because that's because they're all like that, so they they they, they yeah, can teach yeah, her properly. They're, they're, they're good at this stuff. Um, and then obviously we find out later on she's blind. She can actually see. She's got essentially computerized daredevil vision because her dress, all the sequins in her dress, are actually high tech. Yes, exactly. Stuff. It's this this almost like force field like sort of the way they talk about it that kind of just like tells her everything. Yeah, I was getting that each one's a sensor and it was just kind of like calculating distance from things that she yeah, can touch yeah. and hearing and not well, hearing, but you know, uh, well, which is actually because at one point she says, "Do you want to know how fast your heart's beating?" And I was like, "Why? Why does she have sensors for that? That's sound. Your your sound's fine." No, no, I mean, <laughs> your hearing's fine. <laughs> Why? No, no, that's true. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to th- see if I can think of it. I mean, and if we're and if we're saying that our senses are that good, what? So they gave her essentially X-ray vision. She can see the heart through his chest. Uh, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. I was like, that's the only way I can think it, but that doesn't make any sense. I'm just saying, like, it felt like a weird thing. Um, so, so yeah, weird. Some weird ideas. Her. I actually think she's the the worst part of the episode. And that sounds harsh because I think the problems with her are almost everyone else around her. And the, way... the way everyone reacts to her and talks about yeah. her and talks to her yeah. that, that is the problem. So she, she's the, the epicenter of everything that's wrong in the episode. But it's not her herself that's the problem. It's everyone else in the dialogue they're given uh, in response to her that feels really weird dated but it's not even just that it's dated. It feels inconsistent with the way these characters normally act with other people. You know, past guest stars. You know, even in the past when Kurt's got gotten flirty, he's not just stood out. Like, literally in the first scene he has with her, he's like, oh, the most beautiful woman to ever be in the Enterprise. And, you know, McCoy's sitting there going, yes, yes. And she leaves the scene and he's like, uh, oh, she has a way, doesn't she? And Kirk's like, yeah, she's quite a woman, McCoy. They're sitting talking about how hot she is. And I'm like, this is weird. Why are we doing this? Yeah, yeah it goes full boys club, doesn't it? It does. It's bizarre. Uh, that said, there's a couple of great laughs from McCoy. Uh, one's in the dinner scene, the highlight of the dinner scene for sure. She mentions she 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 trained on Vulcan. She you know she grew up there essentially, and it just cuts to McCoy and he's like, "Poor girl." <laughs> it's the way he's so serious as he says it. That said, that said, the funniest line by far is so. So crazy man after he's looked at the, at the Medusa thing, he he like you know. He, we we get this like weird like POV camera thing with these extreme angles to sort of like show how like crazy they are because it's like sort of emulating their wacky vision and he's like fighting Scotty and he's like driving the ship and they've got out to like unknown space outside the galaxy. All right, the only way we can solve this is to possibly main meld Spock and and Colos. So they've got a little like 
parting <laughs> in the bridge now where the box is around the corner. Spock yeah. melds, he comes back out, and it's like he's both Spock and this cola, so there's more emotion than normal, but he's you know, he's still got Spock's knowledge and memories yeah. and everything. I know, I know, it's, right? I know exactly which joke you're going with. And Spock, uh, he quotes something, he quotes a, a it's Hemingway or something like that. Uh, and McCray goes, that's not Spock. And he sort of turns to Kirk, that's not Spock. And then he's like, I think you'll find I am, or whatever he says. He says something he else. He says something really dead, you know, cold logical. Yeah. And then he turns around the exact same room with a smell and he goes, now that's Spock. <laughs> immediately. It was, it was the way it just, it played, it, do you know what it was? It was the rhythm of it that made it funny. Because it, it was like, that's not Spock, blah, 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 blah. That's Spock. Like, yeah. like, no, it, it really worked. It was a great moment. It was really funny. And I think a lot of it is down to uh, uh, the cast here. I, I think that's what really oh. made it funny was the timing. Uh, that, that they, they, they know what they're doing at this point. Yeah. But the reason why, I, like, as much as it sounds like we've, we've kind of nitpicked a lot of the, the episode, like the reason why I like it a lot is because I think the crisis they get into is actually really interesting. Mm-hmm. I think the idea of going mad when you see this thing, really interesting. I, I think uh, Spock melding with it, very in- like all these things are really cool ideas, and they're mostly pretty fun to watch. Yeah, and you even have like the moment afterwards where you know crisis averted, and Kirk's like, right, you know, okay, you got to give that body back to just just Spock now. Hmm. And there's almost a moment of hesitation. I like that moment as well because the way I read that is. Uh, Kolos, like he has a moment of hesitation and he goes, yeah, you're quite right, I should. I mean, and he says, oh, so soon. But I like that he's actually an intelligent being who, because I can see the thought process in his eyes. I can see, you know, good acting by Nemo, of course, but I can see him thinking, I really like this, but he's right. If I stay in this body longer, I'm going to be tempted to not give it back. If I, exactly. if I, if I don't give it up now, I'm going to have maybe give it a temptation. So I, I like that because th- it, it, it made him appear smarter. You know, it, it really sold the intelligence of this being that he considered that, realized that that was a, a potential problem. Yeah. It, 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 you know, makes him a, a rational, logical being, like a person. You know, not just some creature, not some godlike entity. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It was just another species that, yeah, you know, has never communicated with us in this way before. Well, well, yeah, which, by the way, I I love so much that it didn't turn out to be evil or didn't turn turn out to have a motive or. No, it was genuinely this ambassador. He's yeah. like, hey, I'm gonna help because, hey, I I don't want to be out here either. Yeah, uh, going back to problems though, uh, just so we kind of glossed over, you know, the other dudes in love with her. Uh, anyway, because because at first, like, see when she's at the dinner table and she just hears, oh, someone close by wants to commit murder. I was like, oh, that's an interesting plot for an episode. And they're going to try and murder the the ambassador, and it's going to be about protecting right. him. Like, I'm like, I, and I was going, how do you murder that thing? Yeah, and I thought, oh, that's a good that's a good premise for an episode. I'm done with that. And obviously, it kept changing, and it, and luckily, it kept changing into things that were also cool. So I I wasn't really it, complaining. It had a really good flow to it. Yeah. Yeah, but. Uh, but the, the scene where like he comes to her place, like, oh, I thought that that dinner would never end, and she's like, no, I quite enjoyed it. And then he confesses his love. He's like, oh, get down on one knee, get down, down on two knees. I love you. You shouldn't be with that thing. You should be with me. Can he ever give you this? And he kisses her. And you know, like th- this was another scene I thought was really cringeworthy. Uh, yep, I thought, I, agree. I think largely because before this scene, he seemed like a perfectly reasonable person, and then all of a sudden, he was just off the charts, like you know, raving. Yeah, and then it's like, you're the one who's going to be a murderer. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, okay, right, so that, that's not going to be a mystery anymore. I mean, even though it kind of makes sense, he's the only other character it probably could be, unless we're going to implicate, like, some red shirt. <laughs> Which I thought was another fair option that it could have gone, yeah. because, you know, it, maybe it was going to swerve me and it wasn't going to be, you know, they weren't going to try and murder the Colossus. It was just, she picked up on a thought about murder. 
who happened to be on the ship, you know, because it could have been yeah. anyone. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, and again, idea to idea, really interesting stuff. Some really good moments uh, with uh, Spock, McCoy. Uh, it's just it's just a damn shame that the weird gender politics stuff that's at play in this episode is bizarre. Yeah, it, it really is. As I said, there's just moments where I'm like, this this is just weird and wrong. But the actual episode as a whole is pretty solid. Yeah. Because uh, cause it almost, I mean, it, it, it's like a smidge away from just saying, oh, you're a woman, you should be getting married and having kids. Why do you want a career? It, it's, it, it's like it, a it, smidge it. away from that. It's not quite there, but it's so close. Yeah, uh, very strange. Um, and, and obviously, the fact that she's blind, it's, it's like, okay, that's the... Because normally that's like maybe the person that would be, oh, that's the secret weapon against a Medusa. Because Medusa's normally evil, of course. And, you know, when you're doing classic stories about it. Uh, but here, this is like no, no. This is why she can bond with with the Medusa because she she doesn't have that threat of going mad because she can't look at it. Yeah. Um, that gives her almost a uh, a tactical advantage. Well, the tactical is the wrong word because it's 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 more because obviously the moral here is that there's more more to life and beauty. There's more to love. There's more to connections. There's more to bond. Because that's the other thing that I really like about this episode is that it kind of promotes the idea. Uh, that working together is the way forward because the whole thing is like Kolos and Spock coming together to solve this problem mm. is you know it is literally two beings coming together to like you know so it's obviously the morals quite clearly you know work together don't you know yeah fight you know we can, we can come together uh, so the little little caught hiccup there, uh, but no, I like I really like that again that that's kind of the forward thinking Star Trek the Federation the future like. You know, this is how we make things better, as by coming together, working together, you know, combining our strengths uh, and going forward like that. Mm, definitely. Um, it's just a shame it murkies it up at times. Because like, like, it gets there by the end. You know, you, you like, they they recognise why she is interested in, in Collis now. You know, they kind of get the, the relationship a bit more because they've yeah. spoken to him themselves. But because they were so I don't... strongly against it, I think it feels a bit weird. Yeah, I don't think it murkies what I just I was talking about there with the coming no, together. No. It murkies the you know the, the whole idea of like uh, it's just the physical appearance not being important, right? Right. It, it right. really murkies that up because they they care so much about it. They do they throughout really the do. whole episode. Uh, main cast, you know, the guys in love with her, everyone. Like it's so important to everyone. No one can understand it. Um, it's just I don't know. But, yeah. That's true. So, so uh, have you have you read the wiki page on this one? I haven't. No, no. No. You got some well, tidbits. Look, I, I got one that made me laugh. So it was something I noticed during the episode in the dinner scene. They keep talking about this, uh, you know, this little symbol that Spock's wearing. Oh no, no, I did see this. I yeah. did see this. This cracked me up because Roddenberry had a you know a mail order thing for you know props where you know sell the the replicas of it, and he had this. He was like, oh, I want to sell this. So that's going in the episode, so I can and, and being talked about, so that it's so that people will want to buy it. And Leonard Nimoy actually objected to this, uh, and Shatner and others apparently. Yeah. And and the the version we got is the symbol being used in a less prominent way. This is the toned down version. <laughs> I'm uh, like, wow, okay, because when I was watching, I was like, they're really going on about this this like badge. Yeah, you know, Roddenberry obviously had some forward thinking ideas, but he was still you know still he's a shill. 
Yeah, start start to sell his product. Get get some money because he probably knew the show was on its way out. He's like, okay, I need to set up some props so I can keep selling these for you. Oh, oh, damn right. He knew exactly <laughs> what was happening. He's like, right, okay, come on. Actually, interesting. Let's get t- this here's an interesting thing. Actually, I was thinking. Uh, there's a. I feel like there's a there's a scene in this episode. I think it's when a uh, crazy dude's running down the the, the the corridor in the Enterprise. I never actually realized how long that set was. No, that's a fair point. Because you actually watch him run down quite a bit of it, so you, you know it's not like a. Because sometimes with these things, they'll have like a mirror Just or something. Hide the angles, yeah. yeah. Or they'll have a mirror to extend it beyond kind of what it actually is. Uh, but no, that's actually went right round and I nice big semicircle. It was really big. I mean, I'm assuming it's always been that big. We've just always just seen parts of Glimpses it. Glimpses of it. Yeah. No, I thought the same in the in the engine room, you know, where it, uh, Scott is there with him and it's it's as Kirk sends out the message mm. going, oh, we've got to escape prisoner. He's, he's, he's not to be trusted. He's, he's dangerous. And this is where we get their, you know, their little confrontation, their tussle, and the camera angles are all kind of all over the place. It shows much more of the room than I normally see. Mm, no, that's fair. That's fair. So. Uh, but yeah, so no, I mean, I, I would, I would err on this has been, this is pretty good. It just has some problematic elements that you kind of have to disclaimer before you, before you, you do. Watch but it. it's, it's mostly enjoyable if you can get past yeah. that. All, all the sci-fi is great. It's just the. <laughs> the, the the romance trauma of it, I guess. Yeah, just the the oddly, extremely sexist element of it. Yeah, uh, you yeah. know, because it almost feels like uh, like it's not a million miles away from a stupid comedy like Shallow Hal or something like that, where it's about oh how could the girl be interested in the ugly fat guy? Like, you know. Mm. It's it's not a million miles away from something like that. The way they're treating her, like, oh, you're with that ugly guy. No, come on, no, be with a hunk. Like you, you, you're attractive enough to be with an attractive man. Why, why, why are you with that slob for? It is a bit, isn't it? Yeah. And as a pair of slobs, I, I, <laughs> I think we we protest against that messaging. Thank you very much. Speak for yourself. Oh God, who who are you comparing yourself to here? <laughs> I I am saying nothing. <laughs> you you look like the the physical embodiment of a character from Sesame Street, so don't you even start. Uh, uh, like I said, speak for yourself. I will I will speak shit about myself all day, but speak for yourself. Oh dear. Anyway, I guess that's uh that's uh, episode. What were we on five? That's Star Trek. I, I think so. That sounds yeah. about right. Uh, so yeah, as always, let us know what you thought of the episode in the comments. Like, subscribe, all the usual stuff. Get us on the Twitter's at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the channel over at patreon.com slash TV, you can do that over there. There's a link in the description. But otherwise, that's it. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV. We'll see you next time.